guys, how are you all doing? I hope you're all well. Welcome to this week's episode of Keeping It Legit. So I'm joined with the fabulous Anita Bellos, my big, my sister, my amazing sister, who's living all the way out in Dubai. No, Abu Dhabi, sorry, I said Dubai. In Abu Dhabi, she's out there in Abu Dhabi, living life, um, doing what professionals do and representing her family and our culture. Um, Anita, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, this has been a long time coming and, you know, I, I, I respect you and admire you. And I felt like, look, we need to get you on the show. We need to hear your story because your story can definitely, definitely help some young people uh, and people of all ages um, to be who they are and to be great and to be successful. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you. Appreciate How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually enjoying the lockdown, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> how, you how come you're enjoying it? <laughs> oh, I am. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned Dubai. I used to live in Dubai, but now I just recently moved to Abu Dhabi. So the only kind of, you know, downfall to it is I haven't been able to explore the city, but I had a few months of commuting back and forth from Dubai to Abu Dhabi. So the, the slow time for me and the recovery time has been really, really good. Oh, wow. Okay, that's cool. Well, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into your story. So how about you just tell us today, um, you know, where, where did you begin? How did you know? Tell, tell us a bit about your background. Cool. So, um, so if I start from the beginning, I studied media in, um, in college. So I went to John Ruskin College. You know what? Ruskin College yeah, is, a, is one of those colleges where all the big guys or the big girls used to go to. Even my my cousin, my big cousin went to Ruskin as well. It was just like, I knew so many guys went to, guys and girls went to Ruskin, man. Yeah, we were, I guess we were kind of the rejects at the time, but God came through because I didn't get into SFX. It didn't even apply to SFX or trafficking at the time. If I'm keeping it 100, so I went to Ruskin. But this is the thing, God's plan is always, you know, it's, it's always working because mm-hmm. I went to Ruskin initially, actually, I didn't even think to mention this. So initially I was studying law, politics, sociology. Those are the three subjects I was um, studying. And my yeah. parents were like, you know, do law, you like to argue, do this, you'll be good at that, you like to debate, like throwing shade, but trying to direct me, you know how yeah. I <laughs> Yeah. And then, so I studied them and I actually felt every single subject. Oh, wow. Wow. I think you know this. Yeah, so I actually felt all of them. Like, I literally got like, yeah, I think I got like E's, D's. My first year in like, Ruskin was really bad. Damn, I had no right. idea. That's right. sad. I didn't know. That's sad. Trust me, a lot of people don't know that. They just assume that I got to where I got to because I was really good in school. And that is so far from the truth. Wow. Um, so literally, yeah, I felt my first year of college. All my friends were doing like finance and accounting and SFX. I was just like, okay, so what do I want to do? You know, and I, I, trust me, I've always been really creative and stuff. So... John Ruskin at the time actually went from like a college that does A-levels and stuff to um, a vocational college. Okay. So they started doing a lot of vocational courses like health and social care um, and media production and stuff like that. Okay. So the only thing that I was really drawn to at the time was media production. And I was like, do you know what? I'll do it. But my, my um, so these tutors, basically, they interviewed us because they were like, don't think you can just come on this because it's a vocational course and you used to be an A-level student and you just been there, you can jump on it, right? So yeah. they interviewed me and I just, if you went to drum asking, you know, you were either in um, the canteen or you were outside and I was part of the canteen crew. You know, you're trying to be cool, right? Trying to be cool. Uh-huh. 
So silly, just being stupid. So um, actually, there was like, you know, you can't always be in the canteen. Like, you need to study. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not taking you on this because like, you need to keep yourself. Yeah, so yeah. Kept 100 in me. And I remember I actually cried that day. And I was like, what am I actually doing? No, like, if you don't, don't want to come to college, there's no, you don't need to come. Do you get what I mean? We're not yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but I, and I was like, do you know what? Let me do this. Let me try it. Um, so I was enrolled onto media production. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Okay. Honestly. I think, um, you know, in families, they're like, what is media? What is all this TV stuff? What is film? All of this. Especially but I think around that time, isn't it? That time. Around it that time. wasn't it as was popular. Exactly. Apprenticeships weren't a pop, like that popular. Vocational courses weren't that popular. Yeah. And um, if you weren't doing A-levels, then you, you weren't really considered smart if I'm keeping it 100. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I thought, you know what? Let me just do it. Let me just try. And honestly, my tutors were amazing. <laughs> Um, the briefs that they gave us were amazing. I'll actually shout them out. So Tracy and Adrian okay. from John Washington College were a godsend, literally. Um, they, they trained us up. They gave us real-life briefs. They really prepared us for university, to be honest with you. Okay. The deadlines were crazy. We were all struggling. Like, the deadlines that they gave us were unethical, to be honest. But yeah. um, they, they trained us for university. Do you get what I mean? They weren't, they weren't taking it lightly that it turned into a vocational kind of BTEC college. They were like, you're going to work as hard as anyone else and we're going to okay. train you. So that was amazing. So that's college. And then I um, got a distinction, actually, and then went on to um, university. I went to St. Mary's University and I studied media arts there. Okay. Um, so done that. And then at the time, actually, between college and uni, I was working. So I was working for different brands. So I was working at like Jay Norman, Kurt Geiger. Then when I finished uni, I was working at Burberry. Oh, and I worked at Supercuba as well. Okay. And what I really liked was the, the kind of um, creative side, but also the fashion and brand side. So I was trying okay. to figure out what the middle ground was between kind of retail and media. And I kind of figured out that it was like branding and marketing. Okay, thinking, okay. Who, who are these people behind the posters on the, on the windows? Who are the, the people designing. behind activation campaigns or these events that we're having? Because I worked in Regent Street, Superdry. So okay. I was really interested to know like how, how that worked. Um, and then I realized, okay, I think it's marketing is the middle ground. So yeah. I was like, I want to get into marketing. So... What I knew that I needed after university was um, an internship. Okay. So I was like searching hard for internships. And at the time I went to my careers advisor at St. Mary's and they basically said, you know, you're more than likely not going to get an internship at BBC because you're basically your family's not in there. Like you don't have a, a mum or a like dad. That, somebody that was that, like, uh, yeah, you don't yeah. have those. She kept it 100. But as a young black girl, that's really grinding doing her dissertation. You don't want to hear that. You want to be encouraged. You know what I mean? Or at least yeah, of so um, anyway, found an internship um, with O2. Okay. And they had, yeah, they had a corporate social, co corporate social responsibility program oh. called O2 Think Big at the time. There was Go Think Big and there was O2 Think Big. And they basically funded young people between 16 and 25 for their social action projects. Oh, wow. Uh, so it was really cool. A really good um, agency from Leicester called the National Youth Agency. They're a charity. They basically sponsored and helped the program. Um, and I got onto there and I basically was a marketing and communications intern for the TED Team Talks. So, you know, ah, so like all those TED Talks that they, they do, you yeah. do sometimes. Oh, wow. What was yeah, that like? Yeah. What was it like working and doing that? Again, God sent. Like, God <laughs> always comes through because I wanted to always do like um, activations and all of that stuff. And it was actually a really, really big project because it was the first time that the TED Talks were doing like um, 
a, a big event for young people in, in the UK. Yeah. And they came yeah. to New York. So I was in all these boardroom conversations and it was kind of planting seeds. Okay. You know, on where I am now, which is crazy. There was a lot of work to do. Um, there'd never been anyone in the role before. So yeah, I was just given the opportunity to really fly with it and use my creativity, which was amazing. So mm -hmm. that was a three-month internship. Sorry, this is really long, but that was a three-month internship. Yep, yep, and, yep. Then, um, and then they kept me on to basically support in their digital hub in Shoreditch. And I worked there for like two years. Oh. So I was there for two years, basically supporting young people with their events and marketing and stuff like that. So there's, um, a, there's a lot of, sorry, so there's a lot of like practical steps you took. So there was a lot of like, um, work experience that aided your your sort of journey so far, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was that was very necessary. And one thing my dad said to me, and so did my mum actually. They just said, Do you know, all this retail work that you're doing is prepping you to because mm -hmm. it got to a point where I was like so fed up of working in retail, and I know a lot of people can relate to that. Where you're Mate, still retail is tough. Oh, I, mean, I used to work crazy. at Top Man. I did them, so I finished college early. I remember, yeah. I remember going to work at Topman uh, in in April for for there was a temp there was a temp job that I was doing there and this was yeah. Westfield you can imagine Westfield not even Stratford wow. I'm talking about White City this is when White City just opened okay. April said yeah. oh my, the clothes are everywhere on the floor people are just like they don't have no respect you have right. to pick up after people you have to tidy up everything and then you right. stay extra I don't mind staying late to do stuff but. Staying late to tidy up after people's mess, that yeah, really, yeah, it was yeah. grinding my gears. It was grinding my gears, yeah. It's necessary, though, because it teaches you resilience. It teaches yeah, you how yeah. to handle customers. It teaches you how to handle people. It's, it's it. very, very necessary. The work experience was very necessary for me. Yeah. Um, but it got to a point where I was at, look, I've studied now, and it's time to, to get going. But the work experience was necessary. The internship was very necessary as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it trains you up, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then after that, I thought, you know, I've been here for two years and I don't really feel like I'm growing. Okay. Um, you know, the company itself, I'll shout out Katie. She really helped me, a lady called Katie. She helped a lot of young people there and I really, really appreciated her. But it got to a point where you outgrow places yeah. and that's where I'm at. So I went traveling, actually. I went to Thailand for a month. You did? Um, you did. Yeah, I went to Thailand for a month, which my mom and dad were like, huh? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going? What is this for? <laughs> but one thing I appreciate is that my parents um, trusted me. They trusted me more than I trusted myself at that point. Oh, that's because good. I didn't you know what I was doing, but my heart was like, do you know what? Just go. You've always wanted to travel. But, you know, in our culture and in our community, we're really kind of forced to just work. We, we follow our parents' work ethic. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but yeah. Then, you know, a lot of my peers that weren't necessarily from the same culture or background as me were going traveling after university. Okay. Half of them didn't work when I was at university. I was, you know, studying and work going to late night shifts in Regent Street. Wow. So, you know, I think my parents have got to a point where they were like, you know, we, we love you and we respect you. If this is what you want to do, be <laughs> safe and go and travel. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, come back yeah. and you've got the experience you've put in the work. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I came back and then I was like, well, that was great. Well, what do I do now? What do I do now? But actually, sorry, bear in mind, my last year at O2, I actually um, studied at the Chartered Institute in Marketing. So I was like, I really want yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you did that course there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah, tell us a bit but, about that course. So what, 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 tell us a bit about that course. Yeah, so basically I was studying and I wanted to be like, okay, so what do I want to do? So I was studying courses that I wanted to do. So basically I was researching for the courses that I wanted yeah. to do. Okay. And I really wanted to learn more about strategy because I knew that would take me to the next 
step, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like elevated me a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and everyone was talking about strategy at O2, like, what's our strategy? What's our CSR thing? What's and you know, when you're, you're a little bit younger, you're like, what are they even talking about? <laughs> but I'm like, if they're talking about it and they're in those boardrooms, I clearly need to know it. About it and learning about it, right? Yeah, so, give it input, yeah. Exactly. So I started researching different courses that I could do to learn about kind of marketing, branding, strategy and companies and businesses. And um, the CIM, um, which is the Chartered Institute in Marketing, kept coming up in my feed quite a lot. I'm guessing it was paid ads at the time. Um, I searched for a Google course as well, but I felt like I really wanted to do a structured course because of the BTEC that I'd done. I have this kind of history of learning when I'm really kind of on the job, yep. when it's practical and theory, when someone's kind of teaching you. And I, that's how I like to learn personally. I appreciate that sort of learning. Yep. So, um, and I wanted something that had the credentials to take me to the next level. So I studied there for a year, which was not easy because it was between my master's, doing a master's in marketing or doing that. But the research shows that it's better to have a professional qualification in marketing yeah. rather than a theoretical one when it comes, yeah. unless you studied it in um, undergrad, you're better off just doing a professional top up, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to stand can... out and boost, like, you boost your credibility. And, and that's what yeah. I've noticed, like, with, 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 especially in, like, the professional world, like, yeah. having, it's all good and well having, you know, the practical experience. But, you know, some, unfortunately, some organizations want to see, some sort of professional credentials, especially when you're coming from a certain background as well, and um, you need something to back it up the paper. It's a yeah. harsh reality, and it's something that yeah. maybe you know, as time is going along, it you know the stigma's you know changing. With a lot of startups, you see that you know people are being given the opportunity to work in these roles without these professional qualifications. But when yeah. it comes to those big firms, they want to see some paperwork, man. They want to see some you know professional qualifications along attached with your name. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that, man. Yeah, it's, it's necessary. Um, but then also after studying, I'm like, is it always necessary? But that's another conversation because I think you can really learn on the job. You yeah. just have to put it to work. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. these courses also come with a price mm-hmm. and not everyone has the funds at the moment unless they're kind of sponsored for it. So yeah. I would say it's all about your own learning as well, but it was really beneficial. So I came back from Thailand and I had that in the bag already. Um, and then I had a job offer actually on my birthday. I had an interview for KPMG. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, literally, it was on my birthday. It just got back and um, went for the interview. And it's so funny because between me, you, and your listeners, I yeah. knew nothing about KPMG. Obviously, <laughs> I'd never studied finance. Didn't, I'm not great at maths. Look, I'm the more I'm creative. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to do a bit of cute data. Ain't got time for number crunching. Let me I just... I time for numbers. Up. Leave that to them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, so I was doing so much research and I'd gone out the night before as well. So I woke up in the morning, went to Brixton Library and I was just like researching what's KPMG, what's KPMG, what services, who their client, like all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, I kind of understood the role, but not entirely, right? Because it okay. wasn't um, like a full marketing role, but like, I'll explain that afterwards. So yeah. had the interview, went really well. Um, the managers were really nice. Senior managers were really cool. Then they invited me back to another one. Then I got the role, long story short. And the role specifically was marketing, but it, it sits in HR. Okay. So the role is called employer brand marketing. And I'd never really heard of it before, to be honest with you. It's quite yeah. a niche sort of marketing role, but I absolutely loved it. Like I loved the role. Um, it was the most, yeah, it was the most amazing experience ever. Yeah. Um, it's basically when you, you sit in HR and you do the marketing to show how a business is the employer of choice in the market. Okay. Um, so it was like undergraduate and graduate roles, apprenticeship roles and experienced high roles. But it was really nice because I worked really closely with the graduate and undergraduate and apprenticeship roles, which kind of reflected my experience at TEDx Teen. 
of young ah, people around me. You know what I mean? So okay. I had I had that passion. Yeah, yeah. Pattern, I feel like God's plan is always working because there's always a pattern in it. Yeah, um, yeah. And you kind of have to sometimes sit back and reflect about your journey and kind of put those pieces together. And I'm very reflective. I like to kind of look back and be sit like, how did I just it. Yeah. And the thing, the beautiful, the beautiful thing about it is you know it's from God because when you see the pattern, he's communicating yeah. that pattern to you in a way that you will definitely, if anybody else don't get it, you as the individual will get it, that this Absolutely. is coming from God. No one else is doing this. It's God's plan. And that's the beautiful thing, that's the beautiful thing about it. So it's so beautiful because I mean it can only be God because yeah. I literally failed all of my A levels. Do you wow. get what I mean? Wow, yeah, so as much, yeah. as, I, as much as I put in the work, like God saw something in me that I didn't really see, and He gave me these, He planted these seeds. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful for it. Um, so yeah, I was at KPMG UK. Was there for about a year and a half, and then I started to get itchy feet, and I was like, I, I'm growing. Like I need to, I need, I'm outgrowing of this role. I can do. I don't like being able to do things with my eyes closed. Like, yeah, I could literally yeah. do things with my eyes closed. And I'd never had a digital role before. I basically, um, I was speaking to you about it recently, about the web design and yeah, yeah, yeah. campaigns. But I was able to do it because I loved it and I put in the time and the work. So I kind of knew how to do everything and I'd outgrown it. So I was like, I really want to make an impact globally. Saw a role um, and it was between Canada and Dubai. And it's so funny because they're two completely different environments. Like, spectrums. One's cold and, and kind of miserable and another one's like, sunny and bacon hot like, yeah. so different honestly yeah. um that's, that's my character i'm a gemini so you know we just kind of like yeah whatever one thing or the other and i guess i, I kind of warmed i warmed to the dubai um well a lot more because it was, it was more about developing i like that pun there i warmed to the dubai i know right you call it, you call it. that's my brother you call it, you call it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I it a lot and um the role was very um i think forward thinking you know yeah. the uae is very much about innovation forward thinking developing because as much as Dubai is an amazing place it's still developing yeah. a lot of people get that because you come and see the big buildings but they're very much about development and stuff so I wow. felt like the role was for me so I, I moved over here in November 2018 which was crazy yeah. and then um I'm gonna cut this long story short I'm always almost at the end of it but yeah, yeah I moved cool. there <laughs> and then know. just Huh? No, I say no. Go. It's an amazing story. I like. like I'm. I'm we're, we're loving it. Loving it, man. Come on. I, t- I talk a lot, but um, yeah. Then recently, just moved to Abu Dhabi because I got a role at Etihad Airways um, okay. as a brand specialist. And again, within the region, employer brand is really new and very, very niche. So okay. I really appreciated the fact that they invested time to create a role to show how it is the employer of choice within the region. And I really wanted to make an impact in that way. So Amazing. that's where I'm at now. Amazing, man. That's a, that's <laughs> a, life in like 10 minutes. A, a, you know what? And, and, and that journey just kind of shows like, it shows like the sky is the limit. And, you know, sometimes you don't have to always be in the same place, in the same, in your the similar surrounding that you've been through, been in, in for your whole life. Like yeah. that element of taking a risk really, really stands out with what what you've done. Okay. You kind of put yourself out there and and took a risk out of faith. You know, took that leap of faith, and here you are today. And I guess you know, obviously, you've you kind of touched on, um, you know, why you sort of wanted to, you know, choose that 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 you know profession. But th- th- I want to dive more into your decision as to going you know, going abroad. What made you want to choose to go abroad and take that risk of, of going abroad? Um, you know what? I just feel like, kind of as I touched on before, within our community, I feel like travelling is not really a thing. It's so true. Like, 
coming out of the UK and it's crazy because more recently and now I've moved a lot of my friends are like I can't believe you left and I didn't realize how how a lot of us are in bondage to just stay in the ends if I'm keeping it 100 yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with that there's actually nothing if you feel like you want to stay because I sometimes feel like I really want to make an impact in my community mm-hmm. physically do you get what I mean it's not just about being in the UAE and and you know living this life where we're by the beach and this that and the other it's also about impact that's what it's yeah. about and purpose but I am very specific on traveling I love to travel I love to see different parts of the world um I'm quite a free spirit, I would say. So I want to see how people do things in Timbuktu, how they do yeah. things in Indonesia, how they do things in Ghana, Uganda. Like I want to, I want to travel. I mean, it's something I've done a lot in the UK. But okay. I just wanted to be able to move specifically with KPMG and make an impact in the same way that I did in the UK, but somewhere else, and see how I can develop in an environment that is not my usual. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that would develop my character, working with people that all pretty much speak the same language, working yeah. with people that you're used to seeing. London is very diverse, you yeah. know, and I just wanted to be able to, I like to be out of my comfort zone. I don't like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm ready. And then after going to Thailand, I would have actually loved to travel Asia a lot more than I did. Okay. But because I, was, I wasn't too sure. And it was very last minute. I mean, I left my job on, I remember like March the 26th. Okay. And I was like, I'm traveling. And I think I traveled about a week and a half later for a month with my friend. We were just like, let's just go. Yeah, so it was yeah. quite short and we didn't plan our routes and stuff like that. So, but I would have loved to do it for a lot longer. And I, sometime in my life, I'd love to do it again if, you know, if God permits that. But I just think, yeah, I just, I just want to be able to, to travel, make an impact across the world in any way that I can. Okay. Um, I kind of said Dubai for a long time, but I'd never visited. And the funny thing again is that I'd actually booked a holiday with all my girls for November 2018. We okay. booked the holiday to Dubai and I got the job in August. So I actually moved, was wow. supposed to be here for Christmas and New Year. Yeah. Um, and I moved earlier because they needed me. Because I was like, why don't I just come in November when I come for my holiday and then start then? Because the recruitment process sense. is quite long, yeah. right? like no we've we've delayed it quite a lot in terms of these like um, online projects so we need you on board so I moved in I got the job in August and I moved in November but the great thing is a lot of my friends and family were here in November and December because we booked the holiday what holiday oh so that's that was a great crazy yeah Yeah, like honestly crazy how things worked out because remember I just moved in November I had time to settle in and they all came in December but I didn't realize how much I needed that comfort zone because as much as I love to move and, you know, travel, I've got a very tight knit circle of friends and family in yeah. London. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. really uplift me, that really support me, that really know me. And that is yeah. so, that is so imperative in your development to have people that know you around you, that can yeah. speak life to you yeah, when yeah. you don't know what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. my parents, say, yeah. you're good, go to Thailand and come back because they knew they knew me. Sometimes people around you know you more than you know yourself. yourself yeah. You're lost, you know, so that was so um, necessary. So, and the thing is, Dubai is a place where everyone travels. It's yeah. like a middle ground between Africa, Bali, and everyone's always traveling. So I had literally visited every single month, pretty much, when I was living in wow, Dubai. Wow, wow, wow. That's great. Yeah. That's amazing. And having that support network, man, that, that's, <laughs> like, especially you're going into new waters, you go past as new, and it's like, okay, yeah. um, I'm here, like, I don't want to feel isolated. I don't want to feel like I'm alone. Like, who do I turn to? And your family and your friends are there. And I guess it kind of, it kind of highlights the fact of having, you know, the right people around you. Yeah. Um, 
because what I've noticed is in life, you can have people around you, but they're not always for you. But you know those who are for you. And those who are for you, you can kind of depend on for wisdom, for, like you said, encouragement, for yeah. strength, support, for speaking words into, of, of positivity. It's words of yeah. life into your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. It's important to make sure you have that relationship and that circle around you. Um, and also not even just having it around you, being that to somebody else, because it has to be like a, a back and forth. And you've got to give that energy to get that energy. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's a kind of a testament to, 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 to you and what your family stands for. That's, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Absolutely. It's so, so crazy that you say that because I remember, I think we were like, I think I met you when I was like 15, 16. <laughs> yeah. You, know, yeah. you, know, you probably won't remember this, but I remember you saying to me, I'll never forget this. We were on the phone and you said to me, show me your friends and I'll show you your character. And you probably don't even remember that day. You probably don't even remember that day, but it was so real. I'm, to be fair, I'm always saying that, that phrase. My dad always used to say that to me. My dad is like, Honestly. show me your friends and I'll show you your character. I'm like, okay. Honestly, no, but bro, you even saying that to me made me really reflect on where I was, especially at 16, where I've just felt all my, my things. I don't think you even knew all of this. Do you get what I mean at the yeah, time? Because I was kind of... There's a lot going on between 16. You know, as young people, there's a lot going on like in our teenage years. But you yeah, said yeah. that. And it's always stuck because the people around me, and there's another one where it's like, you are the product of your five, the five friends around you. You're around you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I was listening to something today and I was just thinking like, the five, the five kind of closest people around me are just dope people. And I'd say to yeah. any young people, just be aware of your, um, your surroundings. It's Surrounded, so important. Yeah. To, yeah. to make sure you're with people that speak life into you, that speak life into themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that just believe in you. Do you know what I mean? That's and it. That's it. It's so important because that can be, that is detrimental to your success as well, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. 100%. Totally agree with that. And that's, that's some golden nuggets for you guys listening. I hope that, <laughs> that nugget there really, really sinks in because like, I'm a big advocate about choosing the right friends. Uh, making sure you have the right circle around you because it does have an impact on your your, your trajectory. So right. let's so let's let's talk about you know the stuff that you had to consider before you know going abroad. What sort of practical things did you have to put in place before moving abroad? Wow, I mean it was it was quick and it was difficult. If I'm totally okay. honest, the moving process is unreal because yeah. I don't think I. I think I dreamed of moving abroad, but when it got to it, the butterflies in my stomach about leaving London <laughs> was crazy. Like, I didn't even, you know, when you start to tell people, that's when it starts to become real. Thinking, and yeah. I was just like, oh my God, like, I'm actually moving. Even when, like, they sent my contract, I was like, honestly, it's just like, you, you have to, I think the main thing was the mental preparation. Okay. More than, and you can pack your suitcases, you can do all of that. At the end of the day, I'm single, I was moving by myself. It's not like I had a lot to pack apart from yeah. clothes, really, I when I think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and I lived with my mum at the time, so it's not like I really had to worry about housing. It was, for me, when I actually, now you've asked that question, for me, it was actually the mental preparation. Okay. Of moving. And although I wasn't, Although you'd never really be prepared, especially because I'd never been to Dubai yep. until I moved here. Um, so there's certain things that I didn't really know, understandably. The mental preparation, again, the people that you're around, the prayers, yeah. the encouragement, the belief that, you know what, you're going to do amazing wherever you go, yeah. was yeah. so important for me. The, the belief of everyone else, even when I had the um, leaving party and you were all there, that was so overwhelming for me. Amazing. Because it was just like, you know what, it's just 
it was a me- it was a mental thing. The preparation was mental. It's about realizing that you can do this. Yeah. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be easy, but you have to actually believe that you can do this, and God's got your back through the process. It's not gonna be easy because it's not an easy move to leave your mm-hmm. whole family, um, coming somewhere to a foreign country by yourself. Even if you move to Birmingham, like you're still leaving. The only thing is you're a bit closer. I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a plane ride away, whereas people might be a drive away. But it's still difficult to just pick up and totally leave the life that you all you've ever really known yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was more preparing mentally there's a lot of stuff so practically yeah. your company will give you stuff in terms okay. of you need to get your visa you need to um the visa let's just the- elaborate a bit more on the on the visa that's like the sponsorship isn't it the visa the sponsorship so yeah okay. the company will give you your sponsorship you'll get your passport stamped and that but you need to make sure that your paperwork if someone wants to move abroad specifically okay. for, if we're putting the mental preparation aside the actual logical and practical things that you need to do your company will give you a list of things that you need to do so you need to make sure that you have your university papers attested so you have to go to a lawyer luckily i didn't actually have to do that and i don't know if that's because i worked at kpmg uk before so they already had all of my documents but a lot of like teachers and stuff like that that work here or accountants they say they have to go to a lawyer get their stuff stamped and attested but your company will give you a list of things that you have to do Okay. Um, and they're pretty simple as long as you have all your paperwork, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, passport done, make sure that it's not expired, all of that stuff. And then you, and then you move really. Okay. But I would say more than anything is getting yourself mentally prepared, prepared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. spiritually prepared. Sound and grounded and, and, and stuff. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Grounded. Yeah. yeah. Grounded, is the most, especially if you're moving to somewhere like the UAE, that is basically a lifestyle. Like you can literally. <laughs> You can be on holiday. And it's not even, we don't even call du- UAE. We don't even call Dubai, Dubai. It's Dugai. Dugai Central. Really? You go there to Dugai. You go in there to Dubai. call it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a, it's a place where you need to be grounded because you can lose yourself very, very easily. Yeah. Very easily. There's so many different aspects, financially, spiritually. Um, if Again, and I'm sure you're going to ask this question about the hardest part of moving, but you have to make sure that you're grounded yeah. for sure. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. make it. And you want to have a sustainable career here, you need to make sure that you're grounded for sure. Yeah, because obviously you haven't got, you have your history, like your your experience of UK companies, but some of the UK companies, they're not, like, especially if you've worked for smaller firms, they're not recognised in, you know, in Dubai and all these other foreign countries. So, like, exactly. if you're going there, like, you know, you want to make sure that you do pass probation. Because, like, if you don't... Right, and it's six oh, months here. It's a six-month probation. Come here and I don't pass probation. What next? So, next? you're going to have to... that's very cool. That's yeah. very, very real out here. Because a lot of people don't pass the probation. A lot of people lose their jobs. There's a lot of people that I came here with and people that I was living with that are all back in the UK, they were all back in the UK after about six months. Wow, oh man. And blew a lot of their money after six months as well. So it's real. That's one thing, if you're trying to move here, then you need to make sure that you're focused on the prize because whatever the prize is, whether it be experience, whether it be finances, whatever it is, just try and always keep your eye on that because it's very easy to to lose yourself for sure. Yeah, for sure. Crazy, but so um so obviously you want to make sure you you sort out you know your paperwork your your sponsorship um all that sort of documents um and then obviously you you mentioned about um having the, the grounded so talk about that the hardest part that you just mentioned the, the hardest part of moving uh, the hardest part of moving once i moved was community 
Okay. It was community. I think um, in the UAE, just like in London, like you're a minority, right? And yeah. let's be honest, if I'm keeping it 100, I get along with anyone, black, green, blue, white, Asian, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, there's something about a black community that is very necessary for a black person. Just, okay. And that's just period. Do you know what I mean? You need people that, you do kind of need people that look like you sometimes. So when you have, you know, especially with what's going on in our communities right now, if you want to talk about certain things, although you've got family, there's a time difference and all of that stuff. So yeah. I struggled with authentic community. There were cool people here, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And the thing is, specifically with Dubai, because I can, I've only lived in the UAE, um, it's a fun place. If you're okay. single and you're young and you're cool and you're open and you're outgoing, people just want to go out with you. Do you get what I mean? People yeah, like, just doing guys. Like, people want to take you out. People want to have fun, etc. which is cool because it's a beautiful place to do that. Yeah. However, when, speaking for myself, I'm a Christian. I'm yep. someone that's very spiritual. And I, I mean, people call me deep. I don't really feel like I have my balance. Do you know what I mean? I can, I can be very deep, but I can, I'm fine. Yep. Do you get know what I mean? You the haters, they call me conspiracy theorist. I don't give a damn. Yeah. You gotta be <laughs> deep, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes I just want to have a conversation about some. Do you know whatever it is? You yeah. know, God, life, journeys, patterns. Where do people come from? I always want to learn these things, and yeah. that was the hardest part here because. I didn't have the community of people that know me that, you know, I can chop it up with someone till 3 a.m. and just chill on the sofa. I'm a very simple girl and I didn't have that here. So that was the hardest part. And I remember calling my dad and I was just crying because I was like, it's really, really difficult. Like, it's difficult in terms of work because I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing well. You know, you're tired, you're putting in the hours. It's difficult because I don't really have specifically females females that you can connect with as well yeah. like black females that you can connect with that sisterhood is so important to me and it's yeah. not even black women just sisterhood in general is so important to me yeah. that like i didn't have that and i really really struggled with that so i prayed, i was like god it's time it's time like yeah. you need to come through with honestly when people say how do you because i've got an amazing community of people here and oh. it's again it's only god that i can give it to because i was like god i need I need to be, for me to last here, for me to actually even see out a year here, I need people that I can connect with, that yeah. understand me, that, you know, that I can just vibe with. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't need to be, I don't need to be anyone but myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, I happened to just meet um, a friend for a friend, dope guy, he's literally like my brother out here. Yes, and then he introduced me to some other women. We went for dinner and literally, those are pretty much my closest friends out here. Um, we, we catch up all the time we have stuff at our houses yeah, yeah. we kick back we have conversations like it's it's been amazing and i think that was the hardest thing that i struggled with from about november till march okay okay i really really struggled so about four months i was like, i don't know if i can do this um and then i met i met a few people and i was like do you know what these are these are good peoples yeah, um, yeah. Different, different backgrounds different religion muslim hindu christian whatever but the the most important thing was the sisterhood and the brotherhood that i had in those people was okay. able to have real conversations with them and they were going through similar things that i was going through so we could connect and encourage each other um but the most the hardest part for me and just because of my personality a lot of people have different things mine was community for sure there was okay. things in my career in terms of like you know they might say that you're one specific designation and they don't really make it clear what your role is that's just a thing when you move abroad specifically here where yeah. you might think you're doing one thing but if you're a digital marketer you're doing everything you <laughs> <go out. laughs> yeah 
you're doing everything and it's good as part of your personal development to sometimes learn that because it's not as developed as you think it is yeah but okay. you learn. do you get what i mean you learn so there was those things of course but yeah. with the support of other people that were saying look anita we're going through it too that encouraged me to be like all right it's not just me i'm not by myself yeah i can i can do this i've just got to push through my first year and someone was like your first year is always going to be difficult but your second year, once you get another job or once you elevate a little bit more in your role, then yeah. you'll be fine. Do you get what I mean? And honestly, that is, I can't even remember the guy's name that told me. I met him out here at my friend's birthday, but oh, yeah. he just kept 100 with me. And everything he said was facts because now I've moved. I'm in a better role. I enjoy it, you know? So That's it's just time and community really, really helped for sure. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah, that sense of community, man. It's, it's weird that you say that because, you know, my my little tenure in in my career like it's, it's, it's human resources and you kind of notice like there's these events that are happening and there's not a lot of um i'll be i'm going to be straight up with it there's not a lot of black people in these events and in these little societies um right. a member of 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 the isc and you know they'd always have an event and i was always one black person there what's the isc what's that and it's uh, the Institute of um, Student Engineer, uh, Student Employers, sorry, Institute of Student. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. So all these big companies, they all are a part of of this group, and you know, you don't get to see a lot of um, ethnic minority there. There isn't a lot of 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 us there, and 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 so when you're talking about certain things, it's mm-hmm. like they don't really understand. They want to do, they you know, some of these guys want to do something about it but they just don't understand. So when you're talking with people, you're talking with people maybe away from work and you can relate to them and tell them about the situations that you're going through or the things that need to change. But yeah. you know, talking to someone who don't actually understand what you're going through, it, it, makes, it, it makes it hard. It makes it difficult. And it doesn't, talk about, it doesn't allow for much change because if somebody doesn't understand what you're going through, they're never going to be able to change what you're going through or help change what you're going through so i do agree with you know having that community and that, and that especially in the same sort of field as you yeah it's needed man it's needed it's needed yeah. so i just want to move on to some some you know some 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 other aspects what would you yeah. call your your moment of success during your uh, during your career that's a really hard question you know that's actually a really really hard question um putting you on the spot there <laughs> Yeah, and do you know what's crazy? I think it's also what is success because one, what I thought was success is not actually success. Like what I used to think was success in terms of like, you know, um, having a great job, traveling the world, all of that stuff. Yeah, is that success? And I think as much as I don't think I'm at my peak right now in terms of my career, I think I've got to a place where I'm, um, I'm happy in terms of my journey, right? So I've got to somewhere where I'm like, oh, do you know, I worked for a company that I applied for when I was like 21 and they didn't even consider me. You know, it's come full circle now that I'm here at the right time. But I think, I guess success for me is my resilience. That is it, because I can't really say, I wouldn't really say me having the job, you know, in Dubai, because I think a lot of people, and this is the thing, a lot of people from the UK think that, they think that, you know, a lot of people around me also think, you know, it's successful. And I think it just depends on what you define as success, right? Because to some people, having a good job in a different country, specifically Dubai, is amazing. Like, you've made it. And it's like, I don't really feel, for me personally, that's what it is. I think it's more about 
being like being true to who I am, yeah. staying the same in terms of my my beliefs and my morals, but also just pushing through. When I look back at how far I've come, yeah. that's the success. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And I'm just grateful that I can continue to do that no matter where I go, even if I come back to London. Because if you think about it, if I came out here and left in the first six months when I didn't have that community, yeah. would that still be considered a success? Okay, okay. You know what I mean, on the outside, would people say that? But if I came back and still was who I am, went back to maybe KPMG and was just like, you know what? I'm happy here. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm aligned. I'm still on my journey. If this is what God wanted, then cool. That's yeah. still me feeling that I'm successful. But I think a lot of people, when they leave, if things don't work out, they think that it's, un it's been unsuccessful. But that's just a part of the journey, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you mean. You so know, I, I've had to really challenge myself on what success means because because I failed and one thing my um teacher Tracy when I was in John Muskin said to me is that because I got really sick actually when I was in college in my final year because I was putting in so much work I was working crazy I just really really wanted to do well because I'd failed right yeah, yeah. and she was like you need to go home I actually had um symptoms of a stroke and I think it's actually yeah I don't think you know the sad one. This is so. This is such an interesting yeah, conversation. Yeah, for, this, well. is yeah, this is the stuff. Yeah. I, what? I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you all the all the details, but um, yeah, they thought I was having a stroke because I was getting constant migraines because I was working so much. Do you know what I mean? And bear in mind, I was working in retail at this time. Um, it's when I think they just built Stratford. Westfield so there was the Olympics going on so okay. I was at, I was at yeah, yeah I think I was just in my final year of college I think I don't know if the time I was at but I remember working really late hours in retail yeah, yeah. and I was just I was just exhausted to be honest with you wow. but I carried on because I was like I don't want to fail like I can't fail I failed already and she was like look Anita you need to go home and you need to sleep <laughs> she was like oh you're doing too much like go to sleep watch trash television for the next two weeks and relax because you, what you need to understand, she was like, baby girl, what you need to understand is that you failed before. You will never fail like that again because you know what it feels like. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. You know what it feels like, but failing is so, it's, it's part of the journey. It's you can't get everything right. Somehow, some way to develop and grow. Yeah. You need, you need it. But I think at that age, I put so much, so much emphasis on the success and passing that I got sick. Do you wow. get what I mean? Wow. I got so sick. And I mean, at what, 16, 17, think people thinking you're having a stroke. Like, King's College saw me immediately. Yeah. They have never seen yeah. me so fast because if you don't act fast with that, but it was something called Bell's palsy, um, which a few people kind of know about, but your face like drops, you have symptoms of a stroke, but my migraines were back to back because I was so stressed out. And yeah. up to this day, my parents still worry about it if I'm, I'm working, overworking because that's just how my body reacts to it, right? Oh, wow. Um, but I just think the whole journey and the, and the fight for success sometimes can really destroy you because yeah. especially if you're not there yet, you just have your eye on what you think success is, whether it be money, marriage, whatever. I think we put too much pressure on that. Whereas success is just you waking up in the morning and yeah. getting fun. Do you get what I mean? Honestly, sometimes that's just what it is. Like if I wake up in the morning and I have a cup of coffee and I read a book, a chapter in a book, that is success. Yeah. If I wake up in the morning and have a conversation with my mum, it's hard when you live abroad to still connect with people now. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because when you get so busy, even if I do that, that is a tick. Do yeah. you know I mean, that's success yeah. for the day. It doesn't have to always be so productive and so, oh, I'm running, I'm running for the, for the prize, for the prize. It's like, yeah. no, you're, you're still doing well regardless. And I think yeah. in the past year or so, that's, that's been one of my biggest 
learning curves about success actually so that's a really good question so i guess it's just i, a, I hope that answered it no i mean i guess like what what we're trying to say is 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 you've got to not just have big successes but have small successes as well there's little wins, the little wins count as much as the big wins like getting up in the morning and being able to breathe is a success something to be grateful for and i guess that's one of the things that i think the younger generation don't necessarily do um you know it would be good for them to celebrate the little wins, the small things, you know, and understand that the big wins will come with time, you know. Delayed gratification is something that um, this era doesn't seem to to um, to understand. They want things here, they want things now. And if they don't get it here, they don't get it now, I'm going to hang myself. It's crazy to think that that is the kind of thought, that kind of thought process, Back in our day, in the 90s, for your 90s baby, having that kind of full place, suicide wasn't even a thing. Wasn't even like, a, it was like, oh, wait, hold on, the banker threw himself off the bridge. Oh, okay, well, oh, that's that's sad, okay. Like, a lot of young people is, is at our age killing themselves because of the fact they didn't get, you know, a, a, a quick win. That's crazy. So, we need to take a step back and be grateful for the little things, the small things, you know. Like you mentioned, you know, you know, being able to read a chapter in a book that's going to lift you up and having a coffee and doing the little things. Because like, some people right. somewhere can't do it. Somebody right. is dying to be able to walk on their two feet and 100%. they can't. You know what I'm saying? So we've got 100%. to be grateful and, and for, the, for the little things as well as striving towards the big things. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah Mental health is something that I'm very passionate about and something that um, I in the past couple of years, I've really started to kind of think about more and how prevalent it is in a lot of people's um, generations, specifically in the black community as well, because we don't speak about it. Um, and again, this is a whole nother conversation, but just touching on that, I think with the younger generation, and to be honest, we're kind of part of their generation, but it is very different for them. Yeah, because yeah much different. Social media is such a big thing where I, I don't, I can't even be mad at them for thinking like that because if you only see people's wins, because on social media, yeah. people don't always post the, the real reality. Well, so you know I, mean? I wasn't posting. Yeah. I wasn't posting me calling my dad crying on live. Do you get? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing that on Instagram. Yeah. Like, people only saw me at White in Dubai. People yeah. only saw me at the Palm or on the beach. They only saw the highlights of it. And, and this is something that we need to realize you see people's Range Rovers, you see all of these things and you think that's success, but yeah. that's why it's important to surround yourself with the right people. Of course. Do you get what I mean? That, that humble you, that make you know that you know, you're doing well. Don't yeah. worry, this is part of the journey. And I think mental health, and there's so many young people that are literally taking their lives mm. because they feel like they can't do it anymore, you know? And I really do pray for these, those people. And I, I pray for our society generally because yeah. it's, it's hard to be losing young people that have so much potential. You know what I mean? They don't have the support and they feel like they can't do it anymore. Yeah. It is a, it's one of the most heartbreaking things that yeah. I've been seeing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not easy. I guess that's, and that's the reason why I'm trying to do this podcast because I, I want young people um, that are coming up to realize who yeah. they are. They are kings, they are queens, you know, they have a bright future. They just need to apply themselves in, and focus on the right things. Um, instead of the wrong things because there's a lot there's so much wrong information wrong um you know things capturing people's attentions and yeah. you know the bible talks about you know um you have to be careful guard your heart you know guard oh, yeah. your heart. you know what are you putting into your system what are you feeling what are you watching what are you paying attention to what are you devoting yeah. that 
can lead you. It, the issues of life flows from, you know, the heart. Whatever is going into your heart, into your spirit, that's going to come out and it's going to dictate your life. So it's important that, you know, we help our young people to focus on the right things. And just young people, people in general just need to be focusing on the right things. We have to remind ourselves because it's not every day that I'm like, oh yeah, success is having a coffee. And and then sometimes I'm just like, no, I want my house today. I want my mum. I want to be flying my mum out here all the time. I want to fly to Barbados. I want to do all of that stuff. We have those thoughts. Do you get what I mean? But sometimes you just have to come back to in time. When the time's right, keep doing what you're doing when the time's right. You know, not every day is perfect. So I'm not going to act like it is. Not at all. 100%. 100%. So just, um, so we've also talked about, you know, you know, happiness and success and that sort of stuff. What would be the advice you would, you know, give to, you know, some aspiring young people that are following after you? I would say, um, I would say, go with your gut. Okay. Um, I would say, work hard. Because another thing I think is that we can get complacent, me me included, we can get complacent sometimes where we feel like we've, um, not that we've made it, but we just feel like, you know, and this is the thing about me saying, when I feel like I can do stuff with my eyes closed, then I need to keep it moving. I need to leave. Because yeah. you should always be learning. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and working hard doesn't mean driving yourself into the ground, but it means when you go into a room, you need to represent who you really are. Yeah, do you get yeah, what I mean? You yeah, need to yeah. be able, you need to know what you're talking about. Um, and that's why it was so important for me to do that course. Because I was like, I don't know what these people are talking about, but I'm in the room. Yeah. Sugar, yeah, so yeah. I'm learning, but I don't actually understand everything. Um, so I would say, when I say go with your gut, I think that is more of a spiritual thing where, um, you know, if it's like, you know what, this doesn't feel right or the energy here doesn't feel right, then don't, don't take the job. Yeah. You know, you might feel because you're, you're more than likely going to regret it. Um, well, if God says, do you know what, there's an opportunity in Birmingham, but you're just like, oh, actually, I don't know why I keep saying Birmingham, but there's an opportunity in Birmingham, or there's an opportunity in um, Sittingbourne, in Kent, and you think, oh, I don't want to be traveling every day because this, that, and the other. If your gut says, do you know what, me putting in the work for this role in Sittingbourne is going to really give me the, um, it's going to give me the experience and the knowledge that I need, then you need to be waking up at 5 a.m. and yeah. you need to be getting on the train from Stratford to City. Make that journey. Make, you know that, I mean? Make that journey because I'm sure we've all known about pyramid, pyramid schemes and all of these things that are going on and, yeah. and then they make go to Leicester and then you just don't know. Yeah. Okay, we're not saying go for that. Make sure that you hear your gut on those ones. Yeah. Move in there. <laughs> but yeah. I think if you're, if you're, you need to be putting in the work and you need to really if you're not a Christian or, you know, if you don't know, you need to really sit and meditate on your steps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and go with the spirit and connect because, um, you can't just be making decisions willy nilly all the time. You need to really make sure that your steps are kind of guided. And as a Christian, I'll say, I, I, when God tells me to move, I move. Yeah. Is the buyer happened? Do you get what I mean? Although I was actively looking, um, I feel like there was a, a feeling where it's like, no, it's time for you to move on. Do you get what I mean? It's time for you to, to elevate and transition into somewhere else. But I think go with your gut and work hard. That's one thing I can say. Okay. Your work ethic always needs to be 100, no matter what. And you know, people say as black people, we need to work 10 times harder, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I think regardless, you always work hard. You always want to be, you never want to be that person in the room. Well, I personally never want to be the person in the room that is just considered lazy. Slack. Or, yeah. yeah oh. 
or not an active yeah. member of a team. I value myself on working hard. That's one thing that I'll say. Um, and I found my balance where I'm like, you know what, that's not my job. And you get to a point, you know, specifically my career now, where the feedback has been very positive from management yeah. and from senior managers. But my one feedback, I don't think I've shared this with anyone, is you need to learn to say no. Wow, okay. Which has actually been, and it sounds so like I'm the teacher's pet, but actually, it's, if you keep saying yes to everything, you're not going to be able to focus. And that's in life as well. You're not going to be able to focus on your actual job. Yeah. Just because I was the go-to person in the UK, and I was a go-to person in the, um, in the firm in the UAE. Like, people knew that they could just message me and be like, oh, Anita, can you get this done? Um, and the thing is, I think early on in your career, do what you've got to do. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, you, yeah, need to, yeah. you need to get, build your credentials. But when you get to a certain part in your career, and I think sometimes, as, specifically as a black woman, you always feel like you need to do everything for everyone, even in my personal life. And you don't. You, yeah. need, to learn to say, you need to learn to say no. Yeah. Um, but early on in your career, you say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. If, you wanna, if you need to go to a networking event, if you're going to help out on the front desk, you do that because that's going to take you to the next level and you're going to be in rooms with people that you need to network with. Yeah, of course, but of course. You know what? It's crazy. Even now, I'd say, yeah, but there's going to be certain times where now I'm going to be like, you know what? I don't need to go to that networking event right now because mm-hmm. I've actually got a meeting in the morning. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but there's going to be times where I'm like, no, I want to meet a few clients there. Let me go. So you yeah. just need to find, um, yeah. That's great. And so who, who would you say were your role models? Who would you say you, you looked up to when you were, uh, when you were up and, you know, and, and, and getting ready to, to do your thing? Um, it's, it's interesting because I think early on it would be parents and family and older cousins that are, um, doing, you know, really, really well, because when I actually think about it, there's a lot of incarceration and stuff in my family where you, you don't really have the necessarily all the, um, role models that you feel like you need in terms of siblings and some of your older cousins, if I'm just keeping it 100. So really... I really admired my friend's older siblings that went to okay. like university and, and stuff like that. And obviously, again, there's no blame or, or shame on, on family members that are mm-hmm. not necessarily the position I needed them to be in. Yeah. But um, the role models came from people kind of, obviously my parents, the work yeah. ethic. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the fact that they made sure that I never felt like my skin color was a, um, was a kind of barrier for yeah. me to get where I wanted to get. Because they believed in me so much. They were like, they literally, when I think about it, my parents never really spoke about race like that to me, ever. Yeah. I've never said, oh, you're a black girl. I've never really heard that. It's always just been, do your best and work hard. That's what it's always been. Yeah. So I say my parents, um, more recently, actually in my um, like adult life, there's a lady called um, Bazoma St. John. I don't okay. know if you know her. Ghanaian, actually. I Maybe, maybe not. I just didn't need to look okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely show you her afterwards. But um, yeah, yeah. her name was Emma St. John, and I found uh, one of my boys actually sent me a video of her, like a podcast. Okay. And um, she was the CMO, so the Chief Marketing Officer at Apple. Amazing. Wow. Um, a few years back, then she was the CMO at Uber, and then now she she's had a, had a few other roles, and now she's the CMO at Endeavor. Okay. Which is like a big. They do like Miss Universe and bull riding and all of these big kind of championship events in in the u.s well globally actually um and she's actually one of my biggest i would say role models for my industry and in terms of my career now yeah yeah Um, because just hearing her story and where she's come from so she was born i think she was born in ghana um but she'd been through so much and she traveled so much because um 
her parents moved back and forth and then um she lost her husband a few years ago so she's now bringing up her daughter but she just speak when i hear her speak all the time she speaks with such grace about her journey um, and how everything has happened and i think her um the way that she pushes for diversity within big companies Mm -hmm. and the way that she she also speaks about work ethic and how important it is I just admire her. I admire um, everything that she does for our community. I admire that, if I'm totally honest, she has broken a lot of ceilings for a lot of us to be able to come through because other people are seeing her and yeah. realising that other people like me are yeah. able to come through. You know, it's not, it's not easy to break those ceilings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I admire her resilience Amazing. to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, Bazoma St. John, I'll hook you up. But if anyone I'm hasn't heard of her... For that, man. I'm definitely going to... She's amazing. She's amazing. Story, yeah. Yeah, she's doing a lot of work in Ghana at the moment as well. Okay. She's done a lot of work in the year of return, like bringing people back to Ghana, showing a lot of, you know, African-Americans that don't really know their heritage. Wow, um, wow. She's done a lot of work um, within our community. So, yeah, I admire her work ethic specifically within the marketing industry and how she brings together marketing and emotion. I just think it's, it's really, really dope. Really dope. Uh, yeah, and that's... Yeah. And it's good to have somebody that looks like you who's in the industry doing that because she's fucking officer of Apple. Damn, that's that's she not. Done by Dre. Yeah, the Beats yeah. by Dre partnership. That was that was her. She done PepsiCo with Beyonce when Beyonce done the Pepsi advert years oh, ago. Oh, with she's cool that. oh wow. She's so sick. Yeah, she's really really dope. So yeah, she's. And, and this is and this is the whole essence. We need to see like people need to see more. So for for our society they need to see more people who look like them who are doing great things who are living a good good life not having to do some of the stuff that you know um other people may have may may be accustomed to like living you know a life of crime or doing anything illegitimate and that sort of stuff you can make it you can be successful and achieve great things by being an ethical moral person and having upright being an up upstanding citizen of, of, of society and, I, and that's I'm a big advocate for that um so i mean moving on to 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 the faith aspect so um during this whole journey you mentioned a lot about god and how god has sort of helped you to come come you know come through all the challenges you've 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 come through i mean how did you come to to know of um how did you come to know god how did you how's this you know walk with god helped your your, your journey so far it's been a walk. It's been a long walk, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm sure it will continue to be one. But um, yeah. so interestingly, actually, I was obviously born, um, born into Christianity, but my family is quite mixed. So I was also in the mosque a lot when I was younger. So living in the Middle Eastern yeah, yeah, country, yeah. never had any cultural shocks in terms of Islam, not at all. Respect the religion, respect those people, you know, what they believe in. It's yeah, fine, yeah. respect. You know, because I was there, it's a part of my family. Yeah, but yeah. my mum um, converted to Christianity, mm-hmm. and um, I was in the church a lot. I used to sing in the choir, etc. Okay. And then um, at around sixteen, actually, when everything was going on with um, college and stuff, yeah. I I kind of moved. Basically, I moved around a little bit in between my parents because I was acting up. Basically, long story. Hey, you were doing. Uh, that's how we kind of met, and then like I was in between Crystal Palace. That's how we kind of met, and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. but, hey, Crystal Palace, so, man, that was joke. those days, if you weren't in Crystal Palace, you missed out on everything. If it wasn't a fight, if it wasn't some beef, it wasn't oh. random linking up with the girls in the palace. <laughs> Morley's, it's all side of Morley's. Oh my god! We moved to Crystal Palace Park, 
and then we'll move down to Gypsy Hill. Oh, my oh God. it was a mess. Like, I was really out here in the deep end. Such a tomboy. <laughs> yeah. I was a mess. But, yeah. um, yeah, literally. But, um, so my walk, so I hadn't gone to church. I would say yeah. from about, I would say from about 16 to 26. I yeah. hadn't really gone to, I'd gone to churches. I'd kind of moved around, but I hadn't, I didn't have my relationship. Okay. With, like I had it when I was younger, yeah. you know, yeah. like all the connection, even when I used to like fast with some of my family and um, the Muslim side of like family and friends, when I used to go, you know, you just have a, a different connection when you're younger. It's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. more pure. You don't really know everything. You kind of learn, etc. So even yeah. the Islamic side and the Christian side, I respect both so much because yeah. my connection was so deep. Do you get yeah. what I mean? It was so yeah. deep. But then between 16 and 26, so much happens in your teen years, so much happens with family, yeah. so much happens personally, hormones, all of that stuff, puberty, mm-hmm. that you kind of, you're finding yourself, you know, and you're yeah. constantly yeah. finding yourself. But specifically between those, those years, I just didn't really have a relationship with parents. Yeah. I didn't really have that, if I'm totally honest. Um, and then I have some really close friends, actually, in, in the UK. Um, my friend, Philippa and Kai, I'm, I'm just bringing out all the. I'm just name dropping today. Just name dropping. I think they're gonna be. Uh, they're gonna be quite shocked that I've mentioned them on here. Actually, <laughs> um, but they're a couple. They're a married couple. Philippa's my friend. I met her in John Ruskin, okay. and um, they go to a church called Christian Life Fellowship in Greenwich. Amazing. Okay. And they were going, but I think for me, what I'd notice is, and I think a lot of young people have this when they've been brought up in the church, then they leave the church and they come back. Is church hurt? where you were hurt by something that happened in the church. Now, I remember I went to a church in West Norwood where I'm not even going to mention the gangs that were going on at the time, but a lot of the guys from the from um, ends have come to our church. So I think there was a lot of judge. I saw a lot of judgment um, at the time. Yeah. And I just felt like, why are we judging people? You know, for me, it's like, why are we judging anyone? Like, they're here, they're yeah. coming to youth club. And although sometimes they used to bring, they did used to bring trouble and stuff, I just didn't really like how the church had cut off, sorry, paused, not Christian Life Fellowship, this is the church I went to when I was younger. Okay. I'm very much welcome. Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, I need, to, I need to just clarify that. But um, yeah, they stopped all the kind of young people's um, activities and stuff. And that really, really wow. had an impact on our community and the young people there because we really needed that community at the time. Yeah. I really needed the community at the time. Yeah. So that's when I left the church. So I just felt like there was a lot of judgment. I felt like people didn't have the support that they needed. And for me, I felt like church was a safe haven where I could go, sing, dance, laugh, catch up with everyone, etc. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really feel like I, at that time when I really needed it, I didn't get that. So I left. Okay. So then um, as I started, as I got older and we were chilling, I was chilling with my friends, Philippa and Kai, etc. They went to this specific church. Okay. And um, I was just so intrigued about how they carried themselves as people and as Christians. Okay. Um, and I admired it because they're married. They're a married couple. They're yeah. around their age, basically. But um, I just admired how they loved God and how they loved people. Amazing. And those two things for me made me want to know Christ again. Wow. So like, my heart is like, <laughs> um, yeah. but those two things just made me, you just, you just feel like I want to know who they know. I want to know What's what they know. Them be like What's they them be like? Why are they so humble so non-judgment that's not what i 
that's not, you know, a lot of people feel like the church is so judgmental and I never got that from them. Do you know what I mean? I never, and I never met them in the church. I met, you know, I met Philippa at college. Okay. But I just feel like the way that they treated me, the way that the family treated me, like family, I just have so much love for them because they really, I feel, allowed me to see what, how God loves us by how they loved me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I started um, going to CLF and as soon as I started going there, I felt like I was at home. Like oh, from the first day that I went there, I was like, I will see you all next Sunday. Yeah. Sunday after that and I'll see you the Sunday after that. And I'll be here every day. Do you want me to open the doors? Because I'll be here. And I just, <laughs> I just loved, I just loved the family aspect to it. Amazing. I loved how everyone made me feel. Yeah. Um, and I just really got to know God again, was able to go to cell groups. So like when the church kind of splits up during the week and you're able to go to like someone's house and just catch up, read the Bible, worship, all of that stuff. And I just, yeah, I really started to feel, I, I felt so distant from God, but I really started to feel God's love again. Because yeah. you feel like, you know, you go through so much as a teenager or just in life generally, you just feel like, how can God even love me? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just, I've done so many bad things. I'm such yeah. a bad person. I've been so awful at this time or I shouted at that person or, yeah. you know, yeah. all of these things. And you just think that God can't love you. And he really, really does. He does. He and does. Yeah. He really does. And I think there's this Kirk Franklin tune. I really like the first, um, the first verse because it just says, how could it be that you love the most unlovable parts of me? Wow. And it's from his song, um, Love Theory. It's quite a new song. It came out last year, I think. Okay, okay. Um, but I think that is just how, how God's love feels. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just love every single part of me, even yeah. the parts that I don't like, do you know what I mean? Or I feel that aren't lovable. Yeah. You just love that. So I think I've come to a place where I understand that. And I've been able to also, you know, I'm in marketing. So I've been able to also find a lot of online churches as well and start okay. to learn through them a lot more the one church in LA, Transformation Church, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard uh, of. Pastor, um, Pastor Todd, Pastor Todd, let generation, honestly. That, like, is, that is it. Yeah. He's bringing a revival, I believe. I, like, I love what he's Absolutely. doing. My cousin Sam who used to always talk about um, revival, uh, Transformation Church and, and what Pastor Todd is doing out there. And it's a revival, man. It's a youth revival that they're doing. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Me too. Fan. Me too. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I think, that also took my the relationship goal series, which a lot of people found out about Transformation Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. From, that really took my my faith to the next level as well because yeah. I was like, wow, I never considered these things because I wasn't necessarily brought up in a family where two parents were in the same household all yeah. the time. Like I just I started to learn so much about relationships, even my relationship with God. I feel like there's a fine line, you yeah. know, between your relationship with people and your relationship with God. And I learned so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my walk is continuous. Yep. I have times where I feel disconnected and I have times where I feel so connected. But the one thing that remains specifically now that I'm, I, I know God's love for me is that regardless, mm -hmm. all, all grace to God, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. everything, like my life is not my life yeah. without God, yeah. literally. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, because I, would, I love to say that, yeah, I read my Bible every single day at 6 a.m. and this and the other. And no, but what I've learned is that, you know, I need to find ways where I can do that because you get so busy that yeah. you don't do these things. So now it's that like I'm grateful to God that I have a community of women in the UAE where we do Bible study together and, and I'm able to learn more, you know, yeah. because I mean, I've had 10 years of not necessarily going to church. So there's a lot that I feel like I want to learn. Hello? I'm here. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry, I thought it cut off. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm still here, yeah. I, you were, I was like, I just saw my screen go, sorry. But yeah, um, a lot that I want to learn and know yeah. about. So yeah, my walk is continuous, but I'm just so grateful yeah. for God's love. Like sometimes I'm walking, I remember specifically my first four months in Dubai, okay. I was just like walking and I was looking around and I'm like, God, me, like... <laughs> What am I doing here? Like, you know, like, like, what can I do? Like, I'm, 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 I'm just like, I'm not, and you, and you have this thing about you're not good enough. Like, you're not good enough for it. But it's that, but as God's children, God's children, we are so worthy of everything that this life has to offer. We just need yeah. to tap into it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, honestly, there's been times where I'm just walking and I, there's just tears in my eyes because I'm like, God, like, a whole me. Yeah. Like, why, why am I here? Why have you put me in this position? You know, so... Yeah, it's continuous, but I'm just, I'm so grateful for God's love and his... Thank God, man. And imagine if God was a respecter of persons, like how many people would have been disqualified from, like, I look at my life that, and what I've been able to do and, you know, how I'm, and I'm just like, if God really actually looked and looked hmm. at what the kind of person I was and said, oh, <laughs> X, Y, and Z, I'm disqualifying you from all this, I wouldn't be to here today. I'll probably be dead in some ditch, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll be in a ditch, for sure. Stuff. Yeah, I'm just grateful to God for looking past, um, you know, our transgressions, past, you know, all our iniquities, and saying, "Hey, look, I still love you. I'm still going to choose you and use you to do X, Y, and Z." And that's the beautiful, beautiful thing about this relationship. And Honestly. really, really thank God for that. So, just to sort of wrap up as we're yeah. as we're closing up, I've got one last question for you, which would yeah. be, "What is your favorite scripture that has kept you going through this whole journey?" You know, everybody has that go-to scripture, that scripture that, you know, they say, and it's just like, yeah, this is my mantra. This is me. There's, there's so many, right? Um, yeah. And usually I would say, though I will walk through this shadow of death, etc. but actually recently it's been um, Proverbs 18. Okay. Is um, the tongue has power of life and death. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tongue, the tongue has power, the power of life and death. Yeah. And um, I just feel like you have to speak life over your life. Of course. You yeah. know what I mean? You have to speak life over yourself um, yeah. and others around you. Um, because that whole thing of unworthiness has been something that I've been working on definitely more recently where I've started to feel like, why do I not feel worthy of things? Like, okay. why yeah. do I not feel worthy of relationships? Or why do I not feel worthy of this job? Or why yeah. do I not feel worthy of this, you know, even material things? Sometimes someone's done a, um, a call um like a zoom call thing online and she was speaking okay. about the fact that a lot of black women don't really feel like they are worthy of things it's, oh, it's a crazy thing you know yeah. and i think we have to speak life over ourselves and have confidence as children of god yeah um yeah. that we are worthy and we are loved yeah um so i would say i would say it's definitely yeah proverbs 18, one, yeah. Proverbs 18. amazing yeah. amazing Anita, thank you so, thank you. so much for, for jumping you. on today. This, I'm trusting and I know that this, this journey that you've been on, this, 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 how you've elaborated on it um, today is going to surely bless people and keep them going, keep them pushing um, and aspiring to be great because we want more great individuals. More importantly, we want more great individuals in Christ um, to be out there. That's what we need. Um, I mean, where can we find, you know, your, um, how, where can we follow you? How can we keep in touch with what you're doing and, and see how God is, is, is progressing you in, in your life? What's your, what's your uh, social, your handles? So my um, Instagram is Anita SB underscore X. Yep. Um, and I've got an organization actually that supports young people. Um, 
with you know mental health and personal development which is called the extraordinary people's collective on instagram right. as well so give it a follow we're doing a lot of live um yeah. chats and stuff like that to support you on your cool. journey so yeah follow me there guys i'm gonna put all the information in the bio for this podcast so have a look read it and make sure you plug in follow follow anita on their socials and and keep in touch if you've got any issues reach out to the organization as well anita once again thank you for joining today thank you so much for having me i appreciate you no worries and we'll see you we'll see you soon take care take care guys